It's time for ROTD Weekend. Hello there, my cooking buddies. I have a great weekend episode for you. I am speaking with Kyle Wilson, who is a small business owner here in Florida. They are one of the co-founders of Sun King's Industry, and they make tempeh that is sold in stores across the state. So Kyle's going to be here telling me what tempeh is and telling us about the process of getting it onto store shelves. It's really a fascinating story, and the product is really interesting. If you've never had or heard of tempeh before, you are going to love this episode. I also want to tell you that I have figured out the details for the Amazon gift card giveaway. I'm actually hoping to do a lot of giveaways like this in the future. This is just the first one. So this one is for a $100 Amazon gift card. The winner will be chosen at random from people who share pictures of their favorite cookbooks on Instagram. So you just need to share one picture. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode. The whole inspiration of this was because my favorite cookbooks are very, very well used. And so I'm going to be sharing a picture of mine and you will see just how tattered that book is. And I'm curious if your favorite books are just as tattered or if you keep them nice and pristine. Either way, take a picture and share it on Instagram and then head over to my Instagram account. I am at cook the story and see what you need to do to enter. It's really easy. You just need to like the giveaway post, take that picture of yours, tag it and tag a friend as well. So the details are on Instagram. I really just can't wait to see your favorite cookbooks and how disheveled or not disheveled they are. And then I will be choosing one winner at random from the entrance and I'll announce that on April 18th. You can post your picture between now and Friday. That's April 21st. And then I will be choosing one winner and letting you know in this podcast. And I'll also tag you on Instagram and send you a DM over there too. So right now, pause this podcast, go find your favorite cookbook and take a picture, share it on Instagram. I cannot wait to see yours. Okay, you're back. Did you do it? You did, right? Okay, now let's listen to my conversation with Kyla Wilson of Sun Kings Industries. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So you have a company that is making a unique product or unique in my mind. Can you tell us about it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my company, Sun Kings Industries, we make a tempeh. So uh, right now we are selling a soybean tempeh, which is a fermented food. It's originally from Indonesia and eventually we'll have a soy free version, but it's real popular among the vegan and vegetarian community. And is that it's popular because it's high in protein because it's bean based? Yeah. So yeah, so it's high in protein, high in fiber, but then it's because it's fermented, it has a lot of good bacteria for that have a, you know, a healthy gut, good digestion. Oh, so. oh, that's interesting. And so you said the one that you have is made of soybean, and but you're going to do a non-soy, so it could be made out of other things? Yeah, so a lot of the places where we sell our tempeh, they're health food stores. And the demographic that typically eats tempeh is into health. And so we've run into where a lot of 
the people who would normally eat tempeh can't eat soy. And because of that, we're trying to make sure that we have a soy option and a soy free option because tempeh can be made out of any beans, legumes or grain. Oh, so it's not just soy; it can be made out of a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. I've even seen some people add vegetables to it. So we started with soy because that's the traditional way that it's the traditional type of tempeh made in Indonesia. And then the first time we tried a soy alternative, we made out of legumes, uh, the lentils rather, and ran into some issues because the Department of Agriculture wanted us to make sure that we sell it frozen. So when you thaw it, you have to be careful if you're going to freeze it and sell it because some beans or legumes might, when you freeze things after it thaws, the cell wall will break down a little bit more. So it might deteriorate the texture. So there's a lot of different things that you can make it with, but depending on what you want to do with it, you have to be more selective. Mm -hmm. And so currently we're working on one that is going to be made with mung beans for our soy-free version. Okay. I want to ask about, you you mentioned the Department of Agriculture. They were able to, like, they were involved in helping you figure out what you could Uh use or what was that like? Well, Well, because... All right. So I, I started making tempeh in my home because I really love fermentation. I, I've made a lot of fermented things, but I just, I, I enjoy it, the whole process. And it was so good. I it ended up evolving into a business and I didn't know getting into starting a tempeh company that I was going to have to jump through a ton of hoops with the Department of Agriculture because here in Florida, they just didn't really understand what fermentation was. And there's certain rules in regards to how food, when you need permits and things like that, when you're going to be selling in stores, how food can be stored, it needs to be shelf stable, there's certain temperatures that have to be things have to be held at. And because you break a lot of those rules with fermentation, because you actually want bacteria to grow, Mm. it freaks out the people that need to basically approve your process and say that it's safe so that the liability doesn't fall on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you got yourself into a whole pickle, fermented other pickle thing. You're going to tell the Yeah, yes. It was definitely a pickle. And honestly, if I knew what I was getting into in the beginning, I maybe wouldn't have been so quick to jump into it, which is probably good because then dealing with the steps along the way, it was like, well, I'm just going to do what's in front of me. But it was months and months of back and forth with paperwork and working with them. Wow, that that's intense. And are there like resources, guides, help for any of these steps? I found that to be really frustrating, actually. I had a difficult time finding a lot of information to help me along the way. When I started getting into the paperwork piece of it, you have to write a HACCP plan, you have to write SSOPs, like basically explain step by step what the entire production process is, your sanitation guidelines, how you would train employees, um, any critical control points in the production process where potential risks could take place that could compromise your product. All of Mm -hmm. that needs to be outlined and there needs to be strategies put in place for how you handle that. In addition to paperwork that needs to be kept for, you know, years on what you're doing, signing off on it, the dates and all of that, just Mm -hmm. to make sure, which is good. You know, you want to make sure that whatever you're buying at the store is going to be 
safe and that it's being monitored. But I just didn't even I didn't have a clue that it was going to be that much work. Yeah, I don't think I realized that either. So for somebody who, you know, is just starting something out, I, I feel like this is a cautionary tale. But are you like, you're glad that you did it in the end? Like, do you have nightmares about yes. it? Or like, <laughs> well, okay, so I am a little bit of a nerd about learning. So for me, when it comes to authorities pushing back and telling me that I'm doing things wrong, or I'm not, you know, that piling things on all of that, I ended up feeling I made a joke that getting through the process, I was just fueled by rage, because I got to this point where I was so angry, when I realized that a lot of this stuff, people that I know who have executive function issues probably wouldn't have gotten through the process. And the fact that there's not resources. And then when I did run into people who I needed to help me with the process, sometimes they wanted to try to rip me off. They were, I mean, at one point, I had to talk to a process authority in another state that could say, I'm a professional, I understand the process of fermentation, and it's safe. So the liability would fall on them. I needed a a paper from them. And I had one tell me that they could do it for me, but it would cost me (laughs) $10,000. And then, and then another said it was $300. And another said it was $600. It was just so across the board, Uh where it was clear that people were trying to take advantage. And I'm sure people have paid that amount of money. And that's why they're getting away with it. So it's not like you can really sometimes trust the people that you reach out to who say that they can help you too. So it was really frustrating. But to answer your question, I absolutely do feel no regret. I don't feel regret about Mm -hmm. doing getting into this and going through the process. It was a huge learning opportunity for me. And I had a lot of fun figuring it out along the way, even though it was frustrating. It still felt like my work was paying off because it would be frustrating, frustrating, and then you'd break through. And then there would be another thing. So for me, I I had to come to a place where I was I was able to reframe and just accept that a big piece of starting your own business is going to be troubleshooting, it's going to be figuring out things in your own way. And there's going to be frustrations and obstacles but you're eventually going to overcome it. And there's going to be another one, you know, and and that might sound discouraging to some, but for me, I just, I've learned so much. It was really helpful. And now I can also share that, you know, with other people who I know when they're going down that path. Yeah, no, I I think that, I think this is great information actually, because I think a lot of people have products or things they want to sell and it can seem daunting, but to know that it might be tricky, but you can make it through, I think is encouraging. Yeah, just taking it piece by piece, putting one foot in front of the other and trying to stay present with what you're doing instead of getting overwhelmed by the the big picture. Because there are a lot of moving parts that people don't realize where you have to figure out your branding, you have to build your website, then Mm -hmm. the marketing piece of it. So I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know that I would have been able to get through the process if it was just me, because I am in my business. And I I should have said this earlier, but I'm rambling. But uh, my I started this with my nesting partner, we were doing fermentation at home. And so we are now business partners as well. And we work really well together because they handle a lot of the stuff that I don't want to deal with. I don't like dealing with the marketing or the social media Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. That isn't really, I can do the branding. I've done the website and everything. We've been able to delegate things along the way. So I think it really helps to have somebody that you're starting out on the business path with Mm -hmm. because there's Mm -hmm. so many moving parts. It's just a lot for one person. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Okay, so I want to get back to (laughs) the tempeh, although I'm- fascinated. I'm, I'm super fascinated by the process of getting foods approved in stores. I think that's really, really interesting. But the, the product application, we're talking about how you can make it from a whole bunch of different things. So it, is it just fermented, like anything fermented or like what, what makes it tempeh and makes it not like yogurt or pickles, right, okay. you know? Okay. Yes. So it's really interesting. Basically you take 
like I said, any kind of grain, beans, legumes, and sometimes vegetables. People do wild things with tempeh, but you have to, for me, let's say I'm making soy tempeh. I boil the beans until uh, for about, you know, 45 minutes, depending on the beans, it can vary. And then I have to get all the moisture out of the beans which was one of the things I had to figure out when I was scaling up the business. Because if you're just doing it at home, you can just lay them out on a cookie sheet or something and let them you know, dry a little bit and pat them with the paper towels, whatever you need to do. And then uh, you have to make sure before you add the the actual bacteria, the Rhizopus oligosporus is what I use, that you add a little bit of vinegar to adjust the pH and then that's it. As, as long as the temperature is below body temperature, then you can add the bacteria without damaging it. And then you mix everything up and put it into a container. And then it has to be placed into an incubator for 36 hours and has to stay within the range of about 88 degrees. And then over the span of 36 hours, the bacteria kind of acts like a, a mushroom you, spreading its little like mycelium through the beans and everything gets white and fuzzy and then it binds it together into a firm patty. So then you end up with a patty that you can either put, you know, cut it into cubes and throw into a chili or you can slice it into little thin pieces where you can make a sandwich sandwich out of it. It's really easy to pan fry it or steam it. There's, It's real versatile. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know enough about this. I feel like, how is it different from tofu? Is tofu also fermented soybeans? Well, tofu is more processed. I haven't made it myself, but I believe that you take the, it's almost like a curd from the mm-hmm. soy and then that gets, I guess, processed somehow into the patty. So it's it's taking away part of the, the soybean, you know, and it's not fermented that's another difference and so it's it's a little more processed it's not fermented it's still high in protein i think has some some similarities there but Mm. tempeh is definitely better for you because it is it's not processed it's just cooked beans with a little bit of vinegar and then the bacteria added Mm. to it and then it's fermented and anytime you ferment anything you get a bunch of bacteria that is really good for your gut health so what does it taste like? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not for everybody. I'll, I'll say that up front because it is a unique flavor. I've had it, I've heard it described as kind of mushroomy, but I personally, I feel it's more of a earthy, nutty flavor, but it's nice because you can marinate it with whatever and it'll soak up the flavor as well. Hmm. And it has a firm texture, more firm than tofu would. So it, it soaks up the flavors. You mentioned putting it in chili. Does it ret- retain that texture f- when it's cooked for a while or like how like how because tofu what tofu like- i'm sorry i'm comparing it to tofu or whatever but like okay. if you cube up even firm tofu and stick it in a chili for a couple hours it's gonna i, I don't right I, it's not gonna yeah hold. it definitely will hold its texture better than tofu would. it won't mm-hmm. fall apart in that way but it does i have found that it does help to air fry or pan fry at first to get a little crispy on the edges mm. it will definitely break down a little bit over time so i make a, a curry tempeh salad that we use at samples at the farmer's market sometimes and i have found that after a little while it will soften because of just soaking up whatever whatever you mix with it but it stays pretty it stays pretty firm definitely mm-hmm. compared to tofu. That's really interesting. Okay, so you mentioned early on in this conversation that so you sell it frozen? Yes, the Department of Agriculture wanted us to sell it frozen. And I think it's it makes more sense because the shelf life of tempeh when it's frozen is six to eight months. 
versus when it's in the refrigerator, it's only seven to 10 days. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be really hard for a distribution. Now, and the freezer doesn't kill the bacteria? No, it doesn't seem to. I mean, obviously, I've not done any testing on it. But Mm -hmm. everything that I've read and come across says that even through cooking, obviously, some is going to be lost and freezing. I mean, maybe some might be compromised, but it seems to still retain its nutritional value. Hmm, That's fascinating. Okay, so you are only your your tempeh is only available in Florida right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so if so, some people listening are going to be in Florida and they should be looking for Sun King's tempeh at the stores. But if they're elsewhere, is this something that we are going to be seeing in in other freezers in places or do people have to make their own if they don't live here? Like how how cutting edge are you, Kyle? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as far as Florida goes, we do have I think there's one or two other tempeh companies in Gainesville. But other than that, nobody else that I'm aware of that's local to the state of Florida is making it. You can always get the commercial tempeh. You can find it most like Whole Foods and Publix around here, different grocery stores. So that's more readily available. But unfortunately, the commercial tempeh, and I'm not just saying this because I make the, you know, I have a tempeh company, but honestly, it is not nearly as good because it's been vacuum sealed, which has crushed all of that good mycelium. It's just more bland. The texture is not as great, Mm -hmm. but there, it seems like, I mean, I'm in a lot of uh, groups, tempeh making groups. It seems like there's a lot of tempeh companies around the country. And Mm -hmm. so in in the health food stores and the independent stores, you might find more of the the local tempeh. Mm -hmm. So hopefully people will be able to find it with too, without too much issue, but it definitely is more of a, I don't know how to even describe it, more of a a boutique food or something like that. It's more, it's not as mainstream as, you know, maybe tofu. And then what would you recommend, like if somebody goes out and finds it and buys it, whether they get the commercial one or they find a more artisanal or local one like yours, how should they first try, like, should they just have it plain or should they try cooking? Like, what is your best advice? Like, what is the first thing you should do with tempeh to try it and see if you like it? So there's some debate about whether or not you should eat tempeh without cooking it. Uh, I personally have, but then, you know, for safety, just it's probably best to cook it. I would either... I mean, whatever you're used to doing. So I have an air fryer. I don't steam things too often. I know a lot of people like it steamed. I typically slice it into thinner slices and pan fry it and then put that on a sandwich, put whatever uh, condiment you would normally put on your sandwich. But you can you can throw it in a container and with some sauce, marinate it. I think that it's because it's a more neutral flavor, it's probably best to add some sort of marinade or sauce to it just to give it a little bit of flavor. But it's very easy. If you just pop it in anything that you would put tofu in or any type of protein, you can add it to. And like I said, you can add it, you can put it in the air fryer, you can pan fry it, you can put it in the oven and bake it in things and steam Mm. it. Uh, But I feel like... Like it's something that is easily adaptable to what most people make at home and it doesn't take a lot of prep work. But that is really great. Well, Kyle, I am so grateful that you were speaking with us today, talking to me today. Can you let everybody know where they can find you online? Well, where they can find you in Florida in stores, but also online, website, anything like that, if they have questions, if they want to learn more? Yeah, my website is sunkingsfl.com and we are in all of the 
almost all of the Chamberlain's uh, natural food markets in Florida. And we are also in several independents across Florida. I think maybe there's two Chamberlain's that we're not in. But if there's a Chamberlain's near you, you can definitely find us in the freezer section there. And then several independents, but it's it's a list. So Mm -hmm. you can find that list. If you look on the website, there's a page that says find us and it lists every store that we're in. Plus we're at a Monday night farmer's market here in Orlando at the Audubon Park Community Market. I love that place. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Doesn't tempeh sound amazing? If you haven't tried it before, you've got to start looking for it on your grocery store's shelves. And if you're in Florida, definitely look for the Sun King's tempeh. It's so good. And now I want to tell you what is going on in my cooking world this week. I am doing all things chimichurri in my test kitchen. I'm working on the best chimichurri sauce recipe, a basic recipe and like some twists to it. And then we're using it as a marinade for some steak and a sauce for some skirt steak as well. And then the recipe that I'm most excited about with this is for a chimichurri steak and rice bowl. It's going to make such a great weeknight dinner and have so many delicious flavors. And you know, really anything with chimichurri on it is delicious. So you know, this is going to be so good. So that's what's going on in the test kitchen. But we finished up a bunch of the recipes that I've been telling you about, and those are going to be going live on the sites this week. We have that Mediterranean eggplant burger. And I'm going to tell you, we did the side-by-side testing, salting the eggplant or not. And in this case, we actually decided that salting it was better, but not to remove the bitterness or whatever it is that people usually say about salting eggplant. It just made it so much more flavorful. So that recipe is going up in the vegetarian burger series on the cookful. And we also have a burger seasoning recipe going up this week on the cookful too. So that is like a crazy delicious seasoning mix that you mix up and then you add it whenever you're making burger patties. Actually, you can add it to all kinds of things, but it's really, really good in burger patties. So that's what's going live on the cookful this week. And then on Cook the Story, we have that shrimp burger I was telling you about, kind of like a vague copycat on the Trader Joe's and Whole Foods ones that I've seen in the freezer section. They're shrimp burgers that I made kind of like a crab cake. It actually turned out really interesting because I wanted to have the chunks of shrimp, but also some shrimp like pureed into the mixture. And that puree really worked as kind of like a glue that held the whole thing together. I know glue doesn't sound good, but like it didn't need very much else added to it. And so it's just really, really shrimp flavored. And there's this Creole seasoned mayonnaise that goes on the bun. It's just outstanding. I can't wait for you to try that one. And I will, of course, be telling you about that recipe in more detail on this podcast soon. But this week, it's not on the menu. What I am telling you about is, well, you know, Vidalia season is finally here. The official ship date when they're going to be shipping to grocery stores is Monday. It's April 17th. And so you're going to start seeing Vidalia onions on the shelves all over the place. And so I've got some really tasty sweet onion recipes coming for you this week. We also have some one ingredient sausage meatballs. I am using that Greek chicken marinade that I told you about earlier today in a Greek chicken salad. And there is an amazing sandwich coming up. It is the hot honey chicken sandwich. This one is nice and crunchy, but it's baked and it has this hot, spicy honey sauce. It is so, so, so good. 
Thank you so much for listening today. If you are not already subscribed to this podcast, head over to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and you can subscribe there. Thank you so much to Kyle for being such an amazing guest. I hope you learned a ton about tempeh. And I'm going to remind you one more time, if you haven't already, go and take a picture of your favorite cookbook and post it on Instagram for me. I cannot wait to see. And I'm going to be drawing the winner of that $100 Amazon giveaway card next weekend. So stay tuned for that right here on Recipe of the Day. I'm Christine Pittman from Cook the Story, The Cookful, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. I hope you have a wonderful day. Let's get cooking.